The historical heart of the West Midlands of England is the Black Country, but this heart is one that has historically beat with a different lifeblood, coal. It is coal that gave the region its name, the Black Country, and for centuries it has been at the centre of global manufacturing. The canal network, the rail network, then the road network, all major transport revolutions have fixated on the region. It has been critical to them all. And Birmingham, the major city bordering the black country, has always been associated with it and has been the true hub of these networks. In modern times, the city has developed beyond its manufacturing heritage, taken a prominent position in all sectors. It still holds a genuine pride in manufacturing and its justified pride in its automotive history makes up a big part of the city today but society faces new challenges. Obstacles that require a new way of thinking. Innovation is in the city's history, in its nature, and although the challenges facing the modern world are new, Birmingham is ready to meet them. And once again, looking to move into a new era comes with it another transport revolution. The black country is going green. But to do that, first it needs to go blue. Hello and welcome to Engineering Matters. I'm Alex Conacher. And I'm Rian Owen. In this episode, we've partnered with Shell to look at a new initiative in Birmingham to inspire people to embrace active travel. They hope to encourage fitness, to reduce pollution in the city centre and unlock the urban environment for everyone to use. Not just people passing through in a motor car. How are they going to do this? Cycling. But to get Birmingham biking faces some obstacles. To learn more about the scheme and the challenges it must overcome, we need to meet someone born and raised in Birmingham. My name is Wasim Zafar. I've been an elected councillor representing Lazelles, where I was born, schooled, have lived all my life since 2011. Prior to that, I worked as a youth and community worker and had a number of other roles in, in the community, but always been very close to the local community here in Lazelles in the northwest of Birmingham. Uh, since May 2018, I've had, I've had the privilege of being Birmingham's cabinet member for transport and environment. And that comes with a whole host of uh, areas of work uh, where I'm the policy lead from highways to major transport projects. Wasim has spent much of his time as councillor for Lazelles in inner West Birmingham, thinking about how people can move around more sustainably. This has coincided with something of a revolution for the city. Because Birmingham has been on a journey. And that journey began with a bike. I must declare an interest. I'm one of those that benefited from the work of the Big Birmingham Bikes. Big Birmingham Bikes is a programme to give away free bikes in the poorer parts of Birmingham to encourage cycling. It forms part of a broader scheme called the Birmingham Cycle Revolution. Because until two years ago, I'd never been on a bike. I learned how to ride a bike in a very public way. Uh, you could probably catch a video on YouTube or on the council's Twitter account. Oh, you absolutely can. And please check our show notes to see a video of Wasim learning to ride a bike. It's quite a nerve-wracking part of my life, but I'm, you know, the, the buzz of being able to ride a bike was, was quite amazing. And I know there's many people out there who've, who've never been on a bike and there is that fear. And part of the role of the, the, the whole Birmingham Cycle Revolution was to get people, it's not just those who are uh, very good you know, cyclists who've been cycling since a very early age, but it's about getting those people who've never been on a bike onto a bike so, so, so they can feel safe and secure. 
And part of that feeling is not just experiences. You need good quality cycling infrastructure right across the city. I've been cycling for two years, but put me you know, on the highway where I'm competing with cars, people with lorries and buses, and I don't feel comfortable. And I know thousands and thousands of Brummies don't feel comfortable on bikes too. Brummies are the good people of Birmingham, or Brum for the international listeners. And this is a key reason why there is such a low level of cycling in Birmingham. The threat that the open road poses to cyclists. According to a 2017 survey conducted by cycling charity Sustrans, just 22% of Brummies thought that cycling safety in Birmingham is good, and 16% of people believed it was safe for children. And although the vast majority of people, 77%, think that it would be better if more people cycled, clearly the safety factor needs to be addressed. The potential is huge, and Wasim says that pre-COVID, over 300,000 car journeys of less than a mile were made every single working day. In a city of just over one million people, these journeys are ideal for bike travel. So those 300,000 journeys, we go back to them for a second. If we can take half of those, right? I hope we could take more, but if we could convert half of those journeys to walking and cycling, think about the reduction in air pollution in the city. Think about the reduction in congestion in the city. That opens up free space on the highway for those that absolutely need to use the highway. So there's so many benefits and the key benefit the more people get walking and cycling, that will reverse health inequalities in our city. It will make our citizens fitter, it will make our citizens healthier. And not only does it have a positive impact on physical health, we know that walking and cycling has a massive impact on people's mental well-being too. And we saw that during the lockdown. People were getting out of their houses, walking and cycling for their mental and physical well-being. This was partly enabled by a rapid response to the opportunities presented by the outbreak with several cities implementing new temporary infrastructure as quickly as possible. Very quickly uh, into the, the pandemic, the government were really keen that we we promoted more sustainable modes of transport. We, we put together the emergency Birmingham transport plan, which looked at what, what Birmingham can do in the, in the coming months to tackle the pandemic and ensure that people got around in a safe way. So the first set of work that we did was in high streets where people were, particularly outside supermarkets uh, and outside other essential shops. Long queues and the new phenomenon of social distancing put strain on existing spaces. So we widened the, 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 the footways in those particular locations, in those pinch points on high streets. And then very quickly, we, we looked at our walking and cycling plans that we published earlier this year and, and thought, where can we quickly introduce pop-up cycle lanes that can support uh, the alternative of cycling rather than private car or public transport? Because the government was advising at that time for people to avoid public transport wherever possible. Uh, and we came up with these, I think, six or seven pop-up cycle lanes across Birmingham. Uh, some of them have been very successful. Some of them we've had some challenge with. And over the coming months, the Birmingham City Council will look at the more successful routes, with a view to making them permanent. Wasim says he hopes to see work start on these very soon. And some of them where we've got a bit of a challenge, how we can make some amendments and then possibly make them permanent too. You know, we were able to do this, I think, with the million pound grant we had in Tranche 1. And now we've got another four million pound that we've got from government for Tranche 2 of the Active Travel Fund which, as I say, will be largely spent on making these measures permanent. The coronavirus outbreak has shown that the enthusiasm is there. It just needs the opportunity to be realised. And this justifies the revolution. And I often say we're not going to become Amsterdam overnight. 
but we're well on our way to really increasing the the take up of cycling. We saw during the pandemic, you know, in the during the lockdown, the first lockdown when the weather was good, you know, cycling in Birmingham doubled literally overnight with people out there enjoying the weather, enjoying the good cycling infrastructure we've installed, whether it's on the canal towpath, whether it's in the green spaces, or whether it's on uh, some of our blue cycling routes in the city. The blue routes are, forgive me for further mixing my colours, the gold standard for cycling in Birmingham and form part of the longer-term initiative to improve cycling conditions in the city. These predate COVID-19 and are permanent cycle lanes separated from traffic by a raised concrete divider, a bit like a second pavement. You can find a YouTube video of an estate agent taking a ride along one of those routes in our show notes. This goes back to some of the early years of, of, of the cycle revolution and we were looking at where, where can we start with putting good quality infrastructure in and and as a council we work with key stakeholders both citywide organizations but also some hyper local groups too uh, and, and we came up with these two particular routes. The A34 which is three kilometers from the city center and the A38 which links to the University of Birmingham and is used a lot by students. The routes form seven kilometers in total. We put in with priority crossing at side roads and signal crossing for pedestrians and cyclists at major junctions too. So it's not just the actual the, the infrastructure, it's the, the priorities at the at the traffic lights and the traffic signals and the side roads, which I think is really, really important. So this has been a very, very important project for us. Um, and, and, you know, the, 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 the design and the work has been recognised nationally too. Uh, people, you know, appreciate these as being some of the best cycle lanes we've got in the country. Uh, it's been a joint effort. It's not just been the council. There's been other partners such as Cycling UK, Big Birmingham Bikes, the Active Wellbeing Society, and many cycling groups in the city coming together. These blue lanes are a higher quality of cycle lane, and have been designed into the road space at the expense of width that used to be dedicated to motor traffic. They provide a safer cycling experience than even the permanent adaptations planned for the pop-up lanes. The government released new cycle infrastructure design guidance in July 2020 called LTN 120. It noted that although cycling is expected to form a far bigger part of our transport mix, too much cycling infrastructure is substandard and some is actually worse than nothing because it entices novice cyclists with the promise of protection then abandons them at the most important places. Poor cycling infrastructure discourages cycling and wastes public money. The report identifies five key requirements for cycling infrastructure. These are that the lanes must be coherent, people must be able to reach their destinations easily, along routes that connect, are simple to navigate and are of consistent high quality. Direct, routes should provide the shortest and fastest way of traveling from place to place safe. Routes must be safe and crucially must also be perceived to be safe. Comfortable. Routes should be good quality, well maintained, smooth and have minimal stop starting and avoid steep gradients. And finally they should be attractive. The environment should be attractive, stimulating and free from litter. It also includes a further 22 principles for design. For example, all designers of cycle schemes must experience the roads as a cyclist. The consultancy Maya Brown has a great summary of the guidance on its website. We link to this and the full document in our show notes. 
The guidance was welcomed by many groups, including Sustrans, whose report we mentioned earlier. Here is Martin Philpot, the Regional Design Engineering Lead for Sustrans. We have always looked at the, the road network and the urban environment as somewhere where more people should be able to have the choice to walk and to cycle. It's frustrating sometimes when you see local authorities get it and, and then row back from getting it because the politicians just get scared at times. But it's, a, it's an exciting time to be involved in walking and cycling. The Sustrans project to make cycling more attractive to non-cyclists is known as Bike Life, which actually started in Birmingham. I think from where Birmingham were maybe even five years ago, six years ago, I never thought we'd get segregated routes in, in Birmingham in, in sort of a 10-year period. But the fact that we've got two... Uh, and they're very different. They're very different beasts. The A38 corridor was always going to be popular because the university is down there. There's, it's, a, it's a key route into the city for a lot of people who do cycle in Birmingham anyway. It's, a, it's an environment that, that would naturally support segregated routes. It's, it's more residential, urban centred, whereas North Birmingham, the A34 corridor, it's a different type of beast. It's different traffic. It's it's HGVs, there's more industrial input up that part of the city. Uh, and it's, 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 a, it's a credit to Birmingham that they've got two routes in that are in. They're well used. And Martin now hopes to see the city build on this, adding more of these reassuring lanes. Because while you've got that, that momentum, you need to start thinking about the next route and the next route and the next route. Uh, and start to develop sort of a, almost like a clock face of arterial routes and then allow the sort of the secondary networks, the quiet ways networks, to fill in the gaps in between them and you start to put a structure together. And these routes can form the structure of a new urban environment, which in some ways is like turning back the clock. Some of these things work as a benefit as well because if you can unlock a road, if you can, if you can take traffic out of a road and so many roads that are effectively or were residential streets 30 years ago have become busier and busier and they're now more rat running through routes, that type of thing. If you, can, if you can get those back to somewhere where they were maybe 20, 25 years ago and you've got space for people to go outside, space where they haven't got to fight the traffic, you unlock a different type of environment, you unlock the ability to have peace and quiet, you unlock better air quality, you unlock children being able to play out in the street, you make the local urban centres more user-friendly to, to people to walk to, people to cycle to, they suddenly become thriving centres again. It's about designing for people, and the first step is that safety factor. Dedicated, high-quality cycle provision is a massive, massive must for all, all urban areas. Um, the DFT have just released gear change, which is going to challenge all local authorities to get more people walking and cycling. It's, we've released, or they've released LTM 120, which fundamentally changes how we have to look at designing cycle space within the urban area. Uh, and, and yeah, so the segregated routes are, are fundamentally key to that, that unlocking that, that network. In Birmingham, the most obvious sign of these high-quality lanes is the vibrant blue colour, which clearly indicates a safe route for cyclists. The colouring is not paint, however. It is the actual colouring of the material itself. Here is Brian Kent, the National Technical Director for Tarmac, who you might remember from episode 84, Asphalt of the Future. 
We were very pleased about 18 months ago to be approached by Birmingham, who were very interested in our Ulticolor product. Ulticolor is the coloured asphalt provided by Tarmac. They provided green for bus lanes in Birmingham back in 2003, and now the same material, but in blue, has been used for the cycle lanes. Now, one of the issues with black asphalt is you can really only make it as black because that is the colour of the bitumen. And trying to change the colour black to anything brighter or cheerier is virtually impossible. So they use a clear binder provided by Shell called Mexfalt C instead of a regular bitumen, and then they add a pigment to it to give whatever colour is requested. Brian says that it has advantages over applying a blue paint to black asphalt. If you go down the route of painting a surface or applying a very thin resin to a surface that does delaminate in time and you're back with frequent remedial action and frequent maintenance for it, the beauty of laying the ulticolor is one, one thick layer of material that is not going to delaminate, is going to be very durable and perform for many, many years to come. Delamination can be a very significant issue. With paint on asphalt, it's not just a peeling or a flaking away, it's a much more aggressive effect. The problem with delamination is it tends to tear the surface underneath as it delaminates, which can lead to potholes, and that's not good for cyclists either. This disruption of the asphalt integrity is clearly a major disadvantage for such vulnerable road users. When it comes to laying a coloured asphalt, there are some other considerations beyond the usual design and formulation of the asphalt mix. From our point of view, once we had identified the aggregate and the colour, it was then about training the contractors. There were two contractors involved in laying in this site, and it was important that we spoke to them in advance in terms of the need for cleanliness. Cleanliness of the paver, cleanliness of the rollers, even the workforce, boots, rakes, anything they're going to use because it doesn't take much to spoil a very nice blue surface with some horrible black marks. So very important there. We had to carry out training with them in terms of the thickness of material, the temperature to lay the material, the way to roll the material, etc. You can use the same equipment, the same skilled workforce to lay the material. It really is all about cleanliness. But once the material is safely down, its colour is vibrant from then on. And in terms of practical differences to a more typical material, from a workforce point of view, the thing that they will notice most significantly is the colour, but also by using the Mexfault C binder, it tends to be more workable. It's a very popular product with the workforce from the point of view that it's easier to rake, um, it's easier to handle. And as with all asphalt, the compaction on site is key to having a well-made, durable surface. And Brian adds that there should be no performance issues either. So one of the things we've done recently is we now supply a product called Grip, which is for high skid resistance locations. It's areas where someone's going to break, whether it's a, a tight turn, approach to a roundabout, approach to a traffic light, high stresses, you need a tough, tough binder. We use the same Mexfault C binder for that because it's so durable and so robust. So any binder that can put up with those high stresses can more than easily cope with cycle lanes, pedestrian footpaths, etc. Brian has been noticing an increase in demand for these materials, owing to the increase in the number of dedicated cycle lanes. I think it's the largest cycle lane we've ever done. So there was over 1,200 tonnes of material supplies, as you said, nearly seven kilometres of material. I think it stands out in terms of um, volume, but also the commitment from Birmingham to actually 
it's, it's more than a token gesture, isn't it? It's more than leaning a hundred metres to say, I've been in a cycle lane, I've made things safer for my residents. Uh, I am focused on improving the environment for my residents and the safety. The, the commitment of 1,200 tonnes over that stretch of road is uh, leading the way in the UK. Although for him, this is the latest in a series of events that has boosted cycling, pointing to the Extinction Rebellion, school strike and the climate targets. Here is Wasim again, who also sees the present demand for cycle lanes as part of a series of events, and he wants to see more investment in the future. Leading into this pandemic, there was a public health crisis in Birmingham that was uh, illegal and unsafe levels of uh, air quality. Coming out of this pandemic, we will still have those problems. That's why we're moving ahead next year with launching the government-mandated clean air zone in June 21. Uh, and that will get us to legal limits, very, very quickly, legal limits of 40 milligrams per cubic metre of nitrogen dioxide as set by the World Health Organisation. But I, 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 want us to go, I want us to go beyond that. I've got clear personal aspiration to ensure that every neighbourhood in our city has not just legal levels but safe levels of air quality uh, and we go beyond what the WHO guidelines are. Uh, I want to see every school in the city be a safe haven and if we're going to achieve that we're going to have to ensure that parents are using their cars less to drop and pick up their children and people, you know, our children are walking and cycling a lot more to, to and from school. So there's, those are our clear aspirations and no neighbourhood should be left behind from those targets. He says that, aside from the obvious benefits of clarity on the road, there is no specific reason for choosing blue. Although as an Aston Villa supporter, he was categorical it wasn't blue for Birmingham City. That being so, I'd like to suggest that blue lanes is for bluer skies. And hopefully we see many more. Engineering Matters is a production of Reby Media. Our producers are Alex Conacher, Bernadette Ballantyne, Rian Owen, Ross McPherson and Tim Sheehan. This episode was written and hosted by me, Alex Conacher. My co-host was Rian Owen. Sound engineering by Ross McPherson. Series supervision by John Young. And the yellow jersey leading our own peloton is Rory Harris. For a video of Councillor Zafar learning to ride a bike, an upbeat video of a journey around one of the blue routes on a rainy day, or links to some of the documentation mentioned, please check our show notes. This podcast was produced in association with Shell Bitumen, who, for over 50 years, has been supplying the specialist synthetic binder for coloured asphalts around the world. Special thanks also to Tarmac, Sustrans and the Birmingham City Council. Thank you for listening. You can find us on all podcast apps, on Twitter and on LinkedIn, and on our website, engineeringmatters.reby.media